Welcome to Earth School, a weekly podcast about weaving the healing journey artfully into life, hosted by B.B. Dalman and Rosalie McNally. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of Earth School. We hope you've had a pleasant week since we last gathered. And today's episode, we're diving into alchemizing our personal experiences so we can fuel our evolution. Sounds like a mouthful, but we're going to break it down into simple small bites and how you can maybe apply it to life or get you thinking about what that might look like for you. Because in a sense, we are full of richness that we maybe don't even realize we are. Hmm. What do you think, BB? Yeah, 100%. I, it's like, you know, sometimes I just like wordplay and this is one of those expressions, you know, um, and there's so much in that, you know, to, to me, alchemizing is, it's like to take something that is and apply, you know, some heat and some skills and some awareness and be with that. And as a result of that, up level, you know, making gold essentially, you know. Um, so when we take that idea and apply it to how can we use our own personal experiences to fuel our evolution, you know, how can we take maybe the things that we are really proud of and giving it more attention and digesting them deeper and harnessing the gold in that so that when we go forward, we're like, dude, you know, that's actually a strength of me. Like I'm actually, I can see that part in me. And so as a result, I'm applying that quality as in life, as I'm going forward. And in that way, you know, step into my own evolution more consciously and do the same thing also with those experiences that are a bit more challenging, you know? It's like, how can we with take something that has been painful, that has been confusing, something that we're ashamed of, something we maybe feel like we should apologize for and haven't quite apologized for you know all those experiences the shame the guilt the dread all of that how can we take that and not whitewash it you know not not kind of love and light all over it and not really engaging with it but how can we use that dig in have a deeper understanding find more compassion for ourselves find more compassion for the people around us and as a result of that really digesting of these processes going forward in life in a different way. So to me, that's what, what it means when we start to alchemize our personal, our own experiences of life and use them to, you know, fuel our evolution. Mm-hmm. It's like a, I was chanting with a few clients this week about this, where they're like, I was doing different embodiment practices with them. Like, and they're like, oh yeah, but you just bring in, like, you know, in the sense of the positive. I'm like, oh, it's like we're, we're exploring the contrast that is within ourselves all of the time, like mm-hmm. the different aspects of ourselves. But we're finding ways maybe of tending to those parts that are a little bit more tender, a little bit more activated, a little bit more sore. That way, like, so that we can, like, sort of, in a sense, learn from them or just be with them or hold space for them and l- allow them to be there I go but eventually then that they become like fuel for life like that way like so it's never we're dismissing parts of ourselves or going oh well like you know like I, I want to work on this but sure everybody else has bigger problems like dismissing mm-hmm. our own healing dismissing what is hurting us what's pain in us so it's like allowing ourselves to take those there and allow the transformation to happen around them like but alchemy to me is like there's so many stages to it like do you know mm-hmm. and a lot of it is just magic like do you know 
you just have to allow it to happen sometimes that way like you you're maybe bringing things together you're adding the heat to it you maybe don't fully know how it's going to turn out either like you know because there's a whole stage in alchemy where it's blackened like do you know like so it's like sometimes we have to go through those parts where we're like I, I can't like I just don't think I'm changing at all I think Am I still all the same? Nothing's mm. different. I'm trying 12 million different things and I don't know. I don't know. Like, And then somewhere along the way, the alchemy starts happening. Like, So we can engage. There's always a sense of like we're engaging, we're participating. And then sometimes we've just got to like trust that beneath everything we're doing, things are changing that we're just not seeing yet. And sometimes also I see the part of we have to hand parts of it over. It's mm. not on my... Mm my sort of um, my to-do list is to get this you know healed and done today not going to happen or even this year maybe not even going to happen like with the best intentions so there's this part of magic or mystery to me that has to come in with alchemy too like because otherwise we're into 10-step plans and not allowing life to move through us and guide us and teach us like we're doing it like you know by a curriculum mm-hmm. You know, like I said, oh, well, if you do the mother wound, then you should do the father wound. And then maybe do you do the inner child before that there? And maybe you should deal with, you know, your inner critic after that. I'm like, it's whatever you're meeting in life is the curriculum. Like, and to me, that's the alchemy, like is meeting that. Yeah, because otherwise you're just superimposing an external curriculum, right? It's like, like you said, that sort of stepping stone, very linear way. And what I love about working the other way, the spiralic way is, you know, because if you've had a yoga practice, if you have any spiritual practice, any inquiry practice, sometimes you can sort of like sit there and like you read a lot of books and you kind of scratch your head like that. It's like, where am I going to start, you know? And it's like literally like, well, what are you facing in life? You know, and in astrology, we say whenever you get overwhelmed with reading your chart and looking at your own chart, start looking out into life again. And whenever you get overwhelmed with your life, you look, start looking in your chart to understand, you know, either your chart, your life better. And then you realize how they sort of, you know, uh, mirror each other, have to um, as a blueprint. So, so to me, when, whenever we get into this, holy shit, what's the next step? What's now? I'm like, yeah, just, just look what literally like, what slaps you in the face, you know? What are, what are the things that you're massively triggered by right now? That would be something to start working with. Or what are the things that you, you're really appreciating right now? That could be a starting point. So wherever you are, what is it that frustrates you, you know? Dig into that and frustrates you about yourself, your engagement with life, but also in a greater scheme, whatever really triggers you or moves you even uh, when you look at the greater, the political scheme, the climate scheme, the, the collective scheme, you know, anything that you see out there and then bring it in as like, where is that quality, that essence living within me? That gives you a good idea for a starting point, you know, for your own evolution. And so it is, it, in a way, it is a curriculum, but it's a highly personalized mm-hmm. curriculum. And I think that's what's exciting, right? And then if you have which I hope you do as I'm, you know, like-minded friends who love to go in deep <laughs> at times, um, you can kind of share that and kind of experience that even though you might be at the same age or seeming in a surface in a similar situation in life, you know, maybe you're both looking for a relationship or maybe, you know, both ready to change your job. When you actually look at your personal curriculum, you're at such different places mm-hmm. and neither is further ahead or, you know, or behind. And so in that way, when we look at our own personal experience and start to dive into them and let let our own life 
become the teacher in our unfolding, I think magic starts to happen. And by magic, I don't mean like necessarily easy. Mm. You know, it's, it's not like you, you, you start going down the road and everything is just like all your problems vanish. But to me, it's, it's a more authentic way of engaging with the healing journey. And authentic by that, I mean, um, I'm engaging with the parts in me as they start to ripen. Mm. You know, there might be something that has never triggered me before. And all of a sudden, it's like it's in my face all the time. It's like, oh, that's interesting. What's coming to the surface here that wants my attention? So it's very much self-sourced. And it brings our, um, can bring us back into our own empowerment rather than going like you tell me am i should, should i work with the mother one like you said the father one should i you know go and work with the physical body in yoga or should i kind of sit quietly what do you think and sometimes we need to ask other people just so as a sounding board also to have things there mm. but to me self-sourcing is like this highly independent way where we 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 take really responsibility over our healing journey as in like this is coming up for me so let's see, can I find the courage? And sometimes I can, sometimes I can't to, to really face that. Um, but even if I have the conversation myself and go like, this is coming up and I really can't muster up right now. I'm so stretched. I just can't face going there. Even in that conversation is a level of healing and evolution happening. So I think that's very exciting, right? This, this personalization of it and trusting your own timing. Yeah, because in that space, you're actually meeting yourself as you are. Asin, I don't have the capacity for that. I don't know how to hold this. I don't know how to meet this. I actually, I, I think I'm going to just like go into freeze or just run for the hills. Like, you know, because then I'm actually meeting it versus I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to dig the shit out of this here. Like, and sometimes that is needed, but often it's, it's too harsh for the system. Like, so to me, that's, that's what healing is, is like meeting what's here. And that's where the magic happens. That's where I get to experience my personal experience. Do you know, like, so yes, I can, we can go collectively. We are experiencing X, Y, Z. This is what's going on in the world. But then as an individual, how am I responding to what's going on externally, but also mm -hmm. what's being presented then in my own individual life then? And there will be some connections and other times will be very separate things. Like, so to me, it's like the beauty of living life that way is that then like you could become so much more clear on what you are actually in a sense offering or sharing with people or the world depending on whatever your line of choose vocation or career or whatever it is like do you know like so when people set up I mean they're like you know xyz sharing something or asking me something about reiki or asking me something about shamanic work like I go well like I know so many of the arse ways of doing things because I've done them all. So yeah, I can tell you all of those, but then I can also tell you about other ways of doing this. It could be a little bit easier. Like, do you want to go somebody says recently, recently, like, you know, like it's just about, you know, they're going like, you know, you just do it on yourself. And I'm like, it's both and like, do you know, and that's the same as you said, like we can go to people and we can do it ourselves. But the real strength is, is, is in knowing when I need to put my hand up and go, I need help. Like, rather than trying to move through this by myself like but we can look back and harvest our whole life for our experiences which to me feed this moment of myself but also then like I can't teach about stuff I have no experience about like I know people will go 
you don't need to, you know, they'll go, you can only take somebody as far as you've gone yourself or something like, and people go, well, you can't take, you can do it if you don't have it. And I'm like, it's just, I love when I'm sitting opposite people where I'm receiving from people and they get it. Like they don't have to have the same experience, but they know the depth of that pain possibly like, or the depth of that lostness. I don't want to sit opposite someone who's never experienced any of that in their life. Like, cause I'm like, there's nothing there to meet it like. Mm. Yeah, and to circle back what you were saying, this this interaction, right? Um, putting up our hands and asking for help, that can still be self-sourcing, mm. you know, because we are the ones who went like, okay, here, I've taken as far as I can, I need help. And that is a, that's a super courageous and graceful, you know, sit- situation or moment. Um, where it starts to switch is when we receive unsolicited advice (laughs) you know where someone else is very excited about their healing journey what Mm -hmm. they're going through what has worked for them and are now telling us what we should do and you know you can have this as like a friendly conversation you know but we sometimes let that in we sometimes then go oh I guess Maybe that's something I should work on. And maybe it was a situation mm. where we have a conversation, something is like, oh, that brought something to the surface. Now I'm aware of that and I'm going to take that as well. But just becoming aware of when other people, including teachers, very well-meaning, I mean, I've been there as well, sort of insinuating where someone else needs to or should go without that other person having actually asked them. And like as a yoga teacher, for me, to some extent, when somebody signs up for my class or when they show up in class, to me, that is a level of asking for my point of view, or that is like a signing up for what I have to share. It doesn't necessarily mean I can solve everyone's one's, one situation that's in the room, but there is to me, that's, that's the asking, which is a totally different situation than if I come across someone that usually goes to my classes while we're waiting for coffee in the line, and I'm now telling them what I think mm. they should do. You know, there there's a totally different scenario. And so in that way, um, yes, do ask for help 100%. Put up your hands and, and get, you know, guidance. Um, but, but make sure it comes from a self-sourced place, a place where you actually feel, okay, this is where I'd like and need and want support rather than this is something that I maybe read online or heard other people talk about. I don't really have resonance with it at all, but I guess, mm-hmm. you know, just take that in as well because there, there can be such a thing um i'd love to have here actually your opinion on that of a um a practice overload you know we never really talk about this we always talk about like oh, i'm not practicing enough mm. whatever that is but you know uh, this idea of like i have a lot of practices that i weave in into one another um and sometimes there are more of them that are supporting one another and sometimes i need to really strip it down i simplify it and i just mm. maybe end up with one practice again and then you know it varies um but sort of what there, i feel there's a point of where things can become diluted you know when we throw too many things mm. at something and oftentimes that can be motivated by what we see on the outside we think like oh i should be doing this isn't that so um, I don't know if you if you have a thought on on that sort of the the overloading of practices and then diluting what's actually going on. To me, it comes back to why am I practicing? Hmm. What is my intention behind my practices like? And if I've forgotten that, it's just like because I was told to, or because that's what you have to do, or 
that's the bar that's set sort of thing like is to come back to but why what is the the aim the intention like I'm not asking do you know and it can be like yeah you know like say for yoga I want to do my handstand all there like you know but when it comes down to it I'm like but why like what's the intention like do you know like, so even like say and in Reiki and all there, like the intention is for us to practice whatever practice we're practicing that minute, like not like Josh and Kyokyoho, hands on healing, whatever it might be, like, you know, is to practice that and see where it takes us, like. But the ultimate is like, well, then when we're sharing Reiki, is my intention for Mary to have a better knee? Is my intention for Mary better feel something or have a great experience or tell me how deadly I am? Is my experience that, like my intention that I should be able to read her energy? Or is my intention of the highest asan, we will both receive what we need? Do you know, like, and in my practice, is my intention very limited? And sometimes we need specific ones. Or can I, have I kept it so small and not allowed it to be open? Like, and also, like, are my practices feeding and nourishing me at this moment? Are they giving me the exact, not even exact, but are they giving me the medicine that I need in this moment? Do you know, because at different times we need different things. We've chatted about this here, like, do you know, like within the system of Reiki, we have like the physical practices, the breath practices, the meditation practices. So at different stages, we can draw from different things, like mm -hmm. same in shamism, like we have quite sort of physical practices, very meditative journeying. You know, like I do a lot of it through journal work and whatnot else, like, do you know, like, so you can draw from different things mm -hmm. because we don't, like, I'm not always going to eat soup for my entire life, like. Do you know, like I might eat it for about a month well, every day, like, because that's just the way I eat food. Like, it's the same thing every day because that's just what I like to do. But eventually I'm like, oh, I'm but sick of this. Like, this just isn't doing it anymore. And then I'll take a few days to find out what I, I need. And to me, that's with practices too. Like, do you know, like, because if, if you're in a rush to rush through them too, that's a telltale sign that you're overloaded, like, with mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that I agree. That. They, a hundred percent um the rushing as well because you're sort of like skimming on the surface right and they sit in your sorry i'm just, <laughs> just I'm like jumping around here but to me one of the most important things that we <laughs> and i go we all forget to do with our practices is possibly sit in the after effect of it oh a hundred percent just be Hands up. we're like yeah. we're done up off to write the email off out the door click whatever it is it's like the the idea is that I carry it with me, but can I actually just maybe sit here for five minutes and be in it like? Mm, mm. Yeah, I love that. And so when we're talking about, you know, how those self-sourced experiences, alchemizing the experiences can fuel our evolution. So when you think of evolution, I'm just wondering, um, and we talked about this over the years so much, so I have some idea probably what you might say. <laughs> But um, but it, for me, it, it changes how I would define, you know, evolution in that way. I mean, the essence doesn't change for me, but maybe the words I use around it, you know, evolution. But in that context, in that context as well of sacred voyages, you know, where we where we help people through that process, that self, you know, sourcing and that alchemizing of their experiences, so they can step into their own evolution. But what? what do we mean or what do you mean in in that case what would be a current sort of language around this idea of our evolution so for me it would be that that's what we're here to do is to evolve like and that's what we naturally do if you look at nature like 
it evolves, adapts, adjusts, it grows, it doesn't, it might look like it's static, but it's not like, do you know, like even the trees I'm looking at here, the beautiful golden and yellows, like, it, and yesterday they were slightly different, like, so it's constantly evolving and adapting and that's what we're being invited to do, definitely, mm -hmm. but always. So then to me, the role then of healing and that journey of self-exploration isn't about, you know, getting to a place of perfection or never experiencing pain or any of that sort of idealized version of it. To me, it still has to be deeply connected to the earth, to the physical, to the body. So it's like the growing within myself, the growing into myself, the growing deep inside of myself, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's not just focused on, you know, like the evolving asset. Oh, well, now I've got a promotion. Now I'm earning more money. The mm -hmm. external to me is like, have I gone into myself? Like, and am I different than I was a year ago? Even if just by a margin, like how, how I treat myself versus mm -hmm. what I have, you know, in my, my show list in a sense, like my external to me is like when I look back, I can see through all the different spirals of what's different in myself. Like, you know, I can remember distinctly the version of me 14, 15 years ago. Do you know, I can have deep compassion for all the lovely little journeys he's had since. Mm. But like, and even like compared to last year, I can see massive differences compared to three months ago. I can see differences. Do you know, like, I know the same will keep happening in the future timeline too. Because for me, it's like evolving as if I just keep showing up to mm. myself and to life. It happens. Yeah. Like. I adore that. Yeah, to me, it's like, like, yeah, in that evolution, there are a lot of mini evolutions. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's like what's fueling this next evolution. And in a way, another word I like to use for evolution is like unfolding. Because to me, evolution yeah. still has sometimes this somehow in a modern language we when we take it away from like you know humanity's evolution or the earth's evolution when we take it into our everyday evolution it becomes very pushy you know it sometimes has this 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 very drivey aspect to it so another word when when i get stuck with that word in that part of my mind i use like an unfolding because to me an unfolding when i look at nature at leaves when they are ready when they're ripe they're naturally opening up and um, where we are here in Portugal at the moment um, we bring the dog for a walk and there's actually it's beautiful there is this um, there's a street light above this particular plant I have no idea what plant it is um, but it opens and closes their leaves and you can see it specifically at like sunset it, it's very within a few minutes and you can almost like you know watch it with, with you. you can watch it with your eyes in that way Um and then the opening again when, when the sun comes out. And uh, it's interesting because under the streetlight, it's a bit more delayed than those branches that are already in the dark. So at night, kind of the closing. And then in the morning, it's the unfolding again. It's literally the leaves. You can watch the leaves opening up. And to me, there's so much grace and ease. There is something about um, that ripening process. When something is ready, it will naturally unfold. There's a very organic aliveness in it that doesn't have rushing. That is just like the door is open and we're stepping through and so to me evolution i like to hold it in that space so it doesn't get so much in the the fight or flight mm. you know the achieving aspect of it um and it's just a a question 
where am I ready to sort of nearly organically unfold or what am I ready to unfold into and in that way in that same sentiment um, when you were mentioning earlier on the tree you know if you follow the tree's path backwards into a sapling and into a tiny little seed everything that the tree now is at the time was already contained in that seed as in blueprint form and so when we work with human design when we work with with astrology what we're really looking at we're we're looking at the seed and we're trying to decipher what's already there and for that to give us information where are we actually ready as an unfolding but we haven't quite seen it yet you know and I think to me that's a beautiful way of using those practices but you can also see it and I'm I wonder how, how, how you see that in your practice. Um, but as a, as a yoga teacher or as a meditation teacher, you can see the blueprint energetically in a person when they step in front of them. Like, you know, I don't see them necessarily in the physical shape that they're showing up with all their difficulties. Like I see that they're there. My eyes see that, but there's an aspect of me that can sense, let's use that word potential but not in like mm. you're failing your potential you're not all you are it's like I see the tree as it's growing and the seedling at the same time that contains all that the tree will be as in its natural unfolding process and so to me as a teacher seeing students in that way is like where what space can I hold so the student naturally can connect back into that remember that within themselves and then open up whether that's how they unfold into a big backbend rather than being pushy. It's like creating circumstances and creating physically circumstances like with alignment of the bones, but also in terms of uh, how their understanding is to work with gravity, but also an emotional and psychological space where an unfolding can happen. You know, so to me, that's sort of where I see, see that work and where I see also uh, our work through sacred voyages, you know, where is like creating an environment so that which is ripe within humans, you know, they can step into that, they can unfold into that. And it's like, like the question I always sort of would ask, and that's what I say to people too, is like, it's about what's right, because that's e it's easier to work with what's right. And it's usually what's there in front of you, like, that way. So what's ripe for the picking in me, like, do you know, like, and in a sense, we've created the conditions around it, hopefully in healing and all there, like where the nervous system is being supported, the person's fears are being maybe supported in some way so that they can go into that space so that they feel held, trust the person they're working with. So they can go to that place or allow that healing to happen at that level. But it's like when something's ripe, you've done everything else around it, like. Do you know, it's mm -hmm. kind of like you've dug the little troughs around it sort of thing, like, so then you can go in and really gently lift out in a sense just to use that language like lift out but it's also what's ripe for me to embody at this moment for me to mm. actually step into like and maybe not even step into I'm already in it but I'm just not really allowing it to express through me or move through me like that was so to me it's like the the both sides of it like what's ripe for maybe the shift and the move and the releasing but then what's ripe for me to actually grow into which to me is a part of you is that seed that is just calling you forth like that way is looking for that aspect that's that little bit of light or that sort of coding in a sense to be lit up and move through the system now like that it, we didn't have the space or the capacity to hold previously like so it's like always and it's always informing like because everything I feel like it's calling us forward is already in us like 
we really know those things that are for us versus my head thinks this would be a great I think this would be a great idea whilst the body's going I like just really feel like I want to be doing this or I feel I want to be out in the world a little bit more I feel I want to connect with people whatever it might be the mm. body already knows like the system already knows we're just hopefully creating spaces that reflect back to ourselves or people we're working with that they've got it but they just need that space really held so they can hear it and feel yeah. it and then maybe support any of the parts the head parts or whatever going I don't know maybe not <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, because if you look at a tree again as an example, the tree will not not grow into a tree unless something hinders it. So unless, you know, we pave over, or, you know, plant other things to close that naturally wouldn't be there or, you know, inhibit their, their root development or like, you know, drought or whatever things. These are sort of almost like conditions, you know, around the growth of the tree. And in, in that way, sometimes I can look at our own conditioning, you know, whereas my conditioning inhibit my natural evolution. Mm-hmm. And so that's all part of that as well. But again, I think the aspect of utilizing our own personal experiences where and when they arise is really important because some of the healing work I've done if I had gone there five years before that I wouldn't have had the emotional capacity Mm. to hold for example the both end you know I would have projected a lot of the anger that stems out of from these processes at maybe the people that I felt were responsible for that whereas now I'm in a place where I understand where they came from and I got hurt and I can mm-hmm. hold, I can hold both. So there's a, there's a different quality of healing. And sometimes I feel like we're rushing into healing again, out of a sense of a FOMO or, you know, being too late because, you know, it's been just told from the outside in many different ways. Like the patriarchy also still lives in the healing world, you know, where we like, have you not been at, you know, a Reiki level three yet? What are you, you're not teaching yoga, you know, He's only practicing, you know, it's this sort of pressure all the time or, you know, you're only a vegetarian, you're not a vegan. I actually heard that in one of the trainings, you're not a vegan yet. I got shame for being only vegetarian. But, you know, these are all these these different ends of there's still that linear thinking um, that takes us actually away from our own perfect personal timing. Because if I had listened to that, like there's sometimes, I don't know about you, like sometimes I read books or see books and I buy them and I know I will read them at some point and I will, but that might not happen for five, six mm. years. And I have piles that I like energetically connected to, but I know that's not the time yet. And I think that's looking back, that's the biggest gift I could have given myself over the years, I think in, in, in terms of like healing journey to really respect my own timeline. And there's a difference between procrastination mm. and I have plenty, plenty of those as well. Where I'm like, uh, now I'm chickening out and I can hold myself now compassionately in that space as well. But um, also accepting my timeline where like, okay, this is a book that will interest me mm. uh, or is interesting me, but the time isn't there or this is a healing topic that uh, I see coming on the radar, but right now it's not the right time. And then in hindsight actually has sped up the whole healing process and also the fall off that would have come otherwise, you know, the repairs that, you know, would have come because mm. of having pulled something in too early and the pain that I would have caused within me re-traumatizing and people maybe then around me too. So I think we think of evolution and trees evolution and, and, and 
and understanding when things come to the surface, when things are, when all of a sudden you have a certain need to have more freedom in your job, there's probably something is ripening. <laughs> you know, if there's something like really pissing you off, that's never pissed you off, something is ripening. You know, if you all of a sudden feel the need to speak up and you never speak, spoke up before, I'm like, wow, there's something shifting around your level of it, your willingness, your courage, your readiness to express itself. So in that way, I think our own personal experience, as much as we sometimes like to hate them, <laughs> They are a portal. They are a doorway in. <laughs> I think on that little note, we'll stop at the little portal we've arrived at and we may dive in further to it next week or in another little sort of theme as well. So everybody consider to maybe consider over the coming week and all there like yourself, your personal experiences and how you can alchemize them for your evolution. And as always, we'd love to hear from you anytime. Drop us an email or a DM and share with us your experiences. We love hearing how the podcast is feeding and nourishing you. And yeah. otherwise, we look forward to chatting with you next week. Bye. Bye, everybody. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Earth School podcast hosted by Rosalie McNally and BB Dallin. If you'd like to find out more about the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram. Or if you'd like to learn more about our individual work, you can check us out on our websites, bbdalman.com and thethirstysoul.com. Mm-hmm.